everyone, Owen Good here, welcoming you back to the Founders Forge podcast. Here on the Founders Forge, we talk to founders from all stages and get to know them, their projects, and the lessons they've been learning along the way. This week, I'm talking to Zave Smith of Xpound. Zave noticed a large amount of late career talent, didn't have a dedicated place to go when searching for jobs and projects to work on, so he created Xpound to help meet that need. Not only is Zave an incredible photographer, he's no stranger to the startup world either having started Exhilarate, a branding and design firm, a couple years ago. One last thing, as you probably noticed, I'm a little under the weather today, but we actually recorded this a couple months ago, so should be good there. Uh, just keep that in mind as you listen. All right, Save Smith of Xbound. It's great to have you here, Save. Hey, it's my pleasure. So, you said you listened to an episode beforehand, so you know how this goes. We like to start by focusing on founder's background. So tell us a little bit about you know your child, if you had any entrepreneurial ambitions, where you grew up, all that jazz. Well, um, uh, I grew up in suburban Detroit in, in the, uh, the, in the uh, 50s and 60s and early 70s in a Jewish ghetto called Oak Park, which was actually a really nice place to grow up. Uh, I left Oak Park when I was 17, and I ended up uh, moving to Israel, spent four years in Israel from like 73 through 77. Um, Dad was an accountant. My mother was a librarian, so not a whole lot of entrepreneurial stuff there. Except my dad did talk about business a lot at the table because he would talk about his clients and, you know, what they were doing or not doing, things like that. Uh, And my mother actually started library. She started two libraries in her life. So I think my mother did have some entrepreneur. My mother's a force of nature. Eleanor Smith is a force of nature. She, I don't think she ever graduated college, but she didn't even start going to college until she was like in her 50s. Um, She was a completely self-taught, self-motivated woman. Uh, She's still around at 94 years old. And she, she's probably pretty entrepreneurial, though she would never do business per se, but libraries. And then uh, uh, in her 80s, she ran a thing called the um, Hadassah Dal Project, where she would get a bunch of retired women together once a week, and they would sew these little Raggedy Ann dolls. And over the course of about 10 years, they gave away like 85,000 dolls to children's hospitals throughout the state of Michigan. She was nominated twice as like Volunteer of the Year in the state of Michigan. So I guess through her, I got some entrepreneurial bent, and I probably got some idea about accounting and business through my dad. So yeah. um, that's where that went. So anyway, spent four years in Israel, came back, went to college, studied photography. Um, did you always want to be a photographer? or Yeah, that, uh... I, I think since mid-high school. Um, I'm good at it. What can I say? You know. <laughs> so also I can't spell worth a damn, so photography was a good outlet. Um, I became a commercial photographer, uh, moved from – I actually went to school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin – Moved from Milwaukee to Hartford, Connecticut, lived there for a short period of time, then came down here to Philly in around, was uh, like 87, 88. I had an older brother who was already here in Philly, so it made it a little easier to integrate. Um, And started my own photo business, commercial photography business, and did that. In fact, it's still kind of running. Um, Five years ago, uh, a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, let's start a design firm together. Michael is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant graphic designer a little bit difficult personality and his theory was hey with your personality my knowledge will make a killing so we started exhilarate and then we brought in a third partner a super guy named russ napolitano to basically drive new business 
and I did any photography and video projects that came our way. Um, and I handled the bookkeeping. Russ drove new business and Michael was our head of design. And that was cooking nicely for like, it's been five years now with a good 20% a year, year growth, you know, year after year. So we're doing fine. But when the pandemic hit, um, right before the pandemic, I was bike riding, which is something I like to do. And I had this little idea and I've always noticed how people who are 50 and above, especially in advertising, which was the business I knew the best, had a really hard time finding work once they got laid off or downsized. And it, it just always broke my heart. I would see these people, usually guys, um, with great experience and knowledge and whatever, and they just had a hard time getting back on the horse. Just was terrible. And then, you know, right before I retired, uh, excuse me, I haven't retired, um, back right before the pandemic, some friends of mine started to retire. And I noticed like, these are people with like, it's really smart, most of them smarter than me. And like experience and this, and they were either forced out or they had to take retirement or often, more often than not, they just didn't want to work 50 hours a week anymore, which is what most of them had been doing their whole career. These were people who had all this great knowledge and I'm thinking, you know, if they could find something that they can be, maintain some engagement, mentor, work part-time, work a project, they would love it. So this little thing kept, right before the pandemic was swirling in my head about some sort of recruitment site like Indeed or Monster that would specialize in late career and recently retired. And then the pandemic hit and my photo business went like, you know, just was basically non-existent. So I had some time. I knew nothing about recruitment. I knew nothing about startups, but I knew a lot of people. I've been around for a while. So I started like, hitting my network up and realized that between the people that were part of the Exhilarate ecosystem, designers and UX people and all this, copywriters, I could actually make this work. So I said to my two partners, Russ and Michael, hey guys, let's start another company and we'll call it Xbound. And the reason we picked Xbound, quite frankly, is Michael had the URL and the logo and all done for another business that never went anywhere. We just grabbed this thing off the shelf and ran with it. Uh, and I spent the last year and a half developing out the idea, and then we just are right in the process of launching right now. So what did that process of development look like? What, what's gone into that? Well, for me, it was a ton of learning because I would say that I spend 70 per, to 80% of my day doing things I've never done before. Maybe it's things I read about, but I've never done, like fundraising, like you know, what does this product look like? Product design. How do I communicate with my designer? How do I communicate with my UX person? How do I let them know what I'm really looking for? How do we, how do we make this thing happen? How do I publicize it? How do we market it? And these are things I've helped other people do a little bit in parts, but it's a whole different bay. You know, there's a difference between babysitting and being a parent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was your initial, what, I guess, what is your initial launch strategy? You, you obviously have an idea of what your, your target market on one end is. What about, what about on the well, other Well, the strategy is ever evolving. So um, I've always figured that the easy part will be get boomers to sign on, upload resumes, look around for jobs because they really want this thing. The hard part is convincing employers to post jobs because there's a certain amount of ageism out there. 
Yeah, I want I want to go back for, to that for a second. So you had anecdotal evidence that there was a market for this on the talent side. How did you validate that? What was your process saying? Do do people really want this? Yeah. Yeah. So what I did, um, and it's a very good question you just asked, and I'll, I'll explain in a moment why. So what I did is actually Russ and Michael said, well, yeah, sounds like a good idea, but why don't you do some research? So I went on LinkedIn and I connected with about 15 different HR people and recruiters that didn't know me. Okay. I imagine and, that was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I put together a small like five slide deck saying this is what we want to do. And then I asked about five questions. You know, and I actually offered to pay the people, I think $100 if they would participate in the survey or $50 Amazon card. I don't remember. So, um, you know, one of the questions I asked, the, the key question is, what percentage of your online recruitment budget would you dedicate to a site like Xbound to connect with this late career and semi-retired cohort? And I was expecting 0%, 1%, occasionally. Every single one of these people said 20 to 30%. That's significant. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And the, the enthusiasm for it was off the chart. So I'm thinking, okay, let's go for it. I probably should have done a little more digging and asked some more questions, which is something we're in the process of doing right now is much more um, research. But that gave me their initial let's go for it. Um, and I think part of it, I didn't ask any more than those 15 because I got the validation I was looking for. Okay, folks, everyone thinks I'm great. Let's shut up and keep going. You know? Well, you know, <laughs> you, you got a lot further than a lot of people do when it comes to, to validation. There's so often everybody has a cool idea and they don't want to prove it because what if they're wrong? Just got to execute and hope for the best. That's that's just not good. <laughs> well, I see, like I in the last year and a half, I've joined like, two different venture capital forums, which have been um, extremely worthwhile, priceless in terms of helping me with my journey, in terms of networking and understanding and feedback and all this thing. And I, I always say that there's about three or four different types of startup pitches I listen to. The first one is, I have no clue what they're talking about. I sit there and I listen and go, huh? I don't get it. Next one is, I see a problem but the solution you're offering is what I call a $25,000 solution to a 25 cent problem. And the, the classic one is a friend of mine called me up once and he says, Zave, we should start a company. I want to build a solar powered mailbox. And the solar power mailbox would be hooked up to a paper shredder. So you would not have to bring your junk mail in the house. You could shred it right there at the mailbox. And that's what I call a $25,000 problem to a, a solution to a 25 cent problem. So you see some of those. Then you see ones that there's a problem, there's a solution, but I don't see any path to monetize it. And I see a lot of those. And a lot of them are really, just really charities. And they might be worthwhile, you know, they're um, a self-help thing or a mental fitness thing or whatever, but there's no, I can't see a path to monetization. Then you see the ones that, okay, problem, good solution, path to monetization, but I don't believe that you can do it. And that's what a lot of people say about Xbound, to be honest. They, they say, great problem, great solution, but who are you? you know? So I, I spent a lot of time this last year proving to people that I can actually do it. Um, and then you see the, you know, the real good ones are the ones you got a problem, got a solution, 
path to monetization, and you got a team in place that actually can execute. And those are few and far between. Yeah, yeah. So, so with Xbound, I mean, it seems so obvious, honestly. And the best ideas do, right? It's the classic, why didn't I think of that? But I always ask, like, why didn't somebody else think of that? Are there existing marketplaces? Like, you know, it's how are people currently solving this problem? How is the, I ret the retired boomer supplementing their income now? Yeah, I think we should. I don't know if we actually stated here yet what Xbound sure. is. So let's take a moment. And we we make probably clear. should do that. Nor yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally we do that. But your transition from your background into Xbound was so clean that I skipped that whole section. That's great. So anyway, so Xbound is a recruitment platform, sort of like Indeed or Monster or Upwork, but our target is late career and semi-retired people. Currently in the United States, over 10,000 people a day are retiring. And it just seems historically 40% of them are returning to the workforce. But you've seen all these people with fabulous skills and it seems like just a waste. So how do companies connect with them? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be uh, offering full-time, part-time, gig or project-based work. And we're also going to have a volunteer section. So if anyone needs volunteers for anything, you can always post that forever for free. So that's what Xbound is. We're also going to be a place of learning. We're going to have a very robust insight or news section where people can go and learn about how do I navigate this latest stage in my career or inversely, I'm a business. How do I best use this cohort to help my startup grow faster by getting some people with some real deep knowledge and experience into my team? So it's going to be a place of learning both for people who are looking for new opportunities or people looking to hire people with uh, a lot of experience. And it's going to be a job board. So that's what Xbound is in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a five word description? Five word description. Oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> that's um, the best one I've ever heard. That's excellent. <laughs> Xbound is dedicated to connecting businesses with the, the experience business wisdom and technical knowledge of late career and semi-retired professionals. <laughs> I've, I've been in what we should call the uh, virtual elevator a few times this year. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, what's what's the existing solution? There are a couple. The, the biggest one is AARP has a job board, but is, is very, very poorly marketed and it sits behind a paywall and has no energy to it. There's a couple sites like retirementjobs.com um, but the thing is, I'm not just retirement jobs. We are late career and semi-retired. We're people with a high degree of energy, of knowledge and expertise. So think about like if AARP merged with Entrepreneur Magazine, that we are the bastard child there. So, you know, there's a lot of people I've met who are 50, 60, even in their 70s, who are still extremely engaged in the business community, in the startup community, in their community's ecosystem. Um, they've got lots of energy and they don't feel like sitting around and playing shuffleboard or being a greeter at Walmart. And that's our target. And uh, you know, there's another part of this. Um, one of the joys of being a commercial photographer is you, you stick your nose into a lot of people's businesses because that's what they hire me to do. I go spend a day or two you know, XYZ Corp or BYN Corp, and you, you photograph their leadership team, and you go into some meetings and do what we call business lifestyle, where, where you know, action shots of people doing business, and you overhear a lot of stuff. 
And one thing I've overheard many, many times is these young startup companies who are reinventing the wheel. And it just always occurred to me, you know, if they brought in one person or two people with some experience, let's say, you know, I, I say like you could have this amazing new technology to make the world's greatest poker chip. But you know nothing about HR, you know nothing about finance, you know nothing about compliance or sourcing or logistics or all these other things that makes a company go. So most startups, what do they do? They hack it or they hire a couple kids out of college and they all hack it together. And that's great, but it's expensive and takes a long time. So what if you could reach out and grab someone who just retired has spent 20 years or 30 years doing logistics or HR or finance or compliance or whatever it might be. And they come in and they help you out maybe 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week. They don't want to work full time. They don't want to take over your company. They're not looking for a career. They're looking to help out and be engaged. How much would that help your startup? And that's what we're targeting. It sounds like there'd be some kind of income disparity, right? So somebody retires at the, the end of their career, they're gonna be making all this money. Are they, I mean, are they okay with going back to a, you know, like an hourly rate that could be a lot lower or how, how have you handled that? Yeah, we don't know. It's, I mean, we're brand new. We're, we're, you know, just getting our feet wet, but my guess is they won't need to make, they're not going to be looking to make that 350,000 a year or 150,000 a year anymore. They got their retirement, they got some investment, but do you want to remain engaged? So if you gave them 50 bucks an hour, hundred bucks an hour, maybe 35 bucks an hour, depending on what the company is and how much time. I think they'll be happy. Fun money. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So, so yeah, where, where are you at in the process? You, you say you're just launching. What does that look like? We, the site is up. It's live. Um, we're getting a little bit of traction. We're running a digital AdWord campaign. So we're getting about 100, 150 people a day poking at the site. And we're getting a few jobs and a few people signing up on their resume. Not as many yet as we would like. But we're also coming into, okay, we have a couple issues. Like we've had... We've discovered a couple of UX issues. So my dev team is fixing those as we speak, right? Um, I think a big piece of the problem is a credibility issue. You come on for the first time, you don't know who we are. You poke around, you see two dozen jobs, you see a dozen resumes and you go, ah, and you're out of there. So it's gonna be a bit of a slow train startup. So to make it legit, we're doing a couple things. Number one, we're running a pretty robust PR campaign. Uh, we had, a nice article right up about us in the Philadelphia Metro newspaper about three, four weeks ago. Um, right before we got on this this call today, the Philadelphia Business Journal gave us a nice write up. Um, so, you know, that's going to be seen by the, the startup community and by the business community. So any kind of PR thing kind of helps with validation. People know who you are. Oh, the Business Journal wrote about them. It must not be fly by nights, you know. So I'm trying to get the message out there as much as possible. We're going to be launching an email campaign um, targeting uh, hiring managers. Um, we got a LinkedIn page now that we're trying to put up um, interesting articles about recruitment or about working with late career people up on the LinkedIn and the our social media site and the uh, news site within Xbound. So it's, you know, it's AdWords, it's public relations and it's gonna be networking. One of the things I did about two, three weeks ago, which um, was seemed really successful, was I actually went to a job fair and just went and talked to people who are recruiting and got a fantastic response. 
Unfortunately, since then, most of the job fairs have gone back to being virtual, which makes it harder for me to, to uh, walk around the floor because I'm not really a job seeker, right? So, um, I mean, this Delta uh, variant has made all kinds of startups either easier or more interesting or has made it just that much more difficult. Yeah, it's simultaneously the best time to be doing this because everybody wants to quit and get a new job and the worst time to be doing this. I love networking and uh, I miss it. I mean, how are you guys getting your word out? I honestly, personal networking is the biggest thing that we, we do at Axon Collective. We do a lot of email networking and uh, we're involved in a lot of different Slack groups. Marcus is starting to do presentations and, you know, here's how you do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, info sessions and things because we're providing that bridge between business and technology. I think a lot of it is um, you have to give it away. You have to be willing to give away the information uh, to get people to, to pay attention to you. And it's just the way it is, which is fine. I don't mind. I don't mind helping other. I love helping other startups. I spend a lot of my week one-on-one -on -one with startups who are, you know, have, especially because my experience with Exhilarate, who have branding and marketing issues. And if they call me up, I will sit on the phone with them for 60 minutes, 90 minutes and help them out just because, you know, why not? Exactly. I mean, that's how this industry works is you see these businesses trying to just paywall everything and think that that's, that's the path forward. And it's not, you know, generosity begots more business, exactly like you're saying. Yeah, generosity begets generosity. So with XBound, what would you say the biggest struggle that you've dealt with so far is? And, and how are you dealing with it? Well, I think the biggest struggle so far was getting the site built because I'm not someone with a background in, in product development. And, um, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money to start with. We, we raised about 55000 in the friends and family round. Um, and that's my ramp. I managed to get the site up and running uh, all in, legal fees and the whole thing for like 23000 so the biggest issue is just trying to figure out what the site should look like and what features it should have within the budget. Um, and I, re I relied on, on uh, my partner, Michael, a lot for that and our developer, Max Lieberman, a lot for that because a lot of it was really, be honest, over my head. Um, I'm not that kind of detail thinker, you know. Uh, I, you can show me a photograph and I can tear it apart and explain everything in it, like how it's working and not working in a half a minute, right? Um, looking at a website, you know, not so much. <laughs> so that was a real painful struggle for me. Also because, you know, Michael had to do a lot of design work on his spare time. And since Exhilarate's been so busy, it hasn't been a lot of spare time. But we got it up and running. It took us about nine months, uh, got it up and running. Uh, the next hurdle was raising some money at, you know, at first just so we could afford to do this. And um, I had a couple real generous friends and family who helped us out with that. Uh, and now the big challenge is traction. We got the site up there. It's not perfect. I, there's many things I want to change. But as uh, Reed Hoffman says, if your first site, if your first version of a product doesn't embarrass you, then you launch way too late. Um, by the way, shout out to Reed Hoffman. Right, his, right. his podcast, Masters of Scale, is a must-listen-to for anyone who's starting their own company. And Agreed, even if you've already excellent. started your own company. Um, in fact, I'll tell you a little fantasy of mine. I'm sitting in a conference room. The people at LinkedIn want to buy out XBound. And there's Reed Hoffman sitting on the other side of the table. If you don't know, Reed Hoffman uh, started PayPal and LinkedIn. 
Um, he's sitting on the other side of the table and he, he slides over a number. And I look at Reed and I say, no, Reed, I listened to your podcast for the last year and a half. That's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, here's here's to that uh, becoming reality. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> In fact, someone the other day said, how do you know you've made it? And I say, when I appear on Masters of Scale podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that that is the definition of having made it. I, I completely concur. Yeah, it's Masters of Scale or how I built this, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, um, anyway, or our founders uh, forge. Well, if one day. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what what makes this this job doing this podcast so interesting is getting to talk to folks like you uh, who are just beginning. I think that's honestly more interesting. You know, it's it's great to to have the you know here are the struggles and the challenges we overcame, and you know now I'm a gazillionaire. But this is where it's at for most of us. It's just in the trenches, working it out day by day. You know, Owen, that's a really interesting observation because I actually don't really like how I built this. Because these guys already made it, and, and we first of all, I know half their story anyhow because they've already been you know been in the press. But it's one thing, like if you are a person with like God-given brilliant talent, you're you're a Leonard Cohen or a John Lennon or a Pablo Picasso or a Steve Jobs, you know, God bless you, and you're really lucky in that. But that's not me, and it's really hard for me to relate to that. You know, I'm just a poor little guy who's trying to make it on just whatever little gifts I have. And, and that struggle, like you guys are going through, you and your partner or myself or all the other people I talk to in the startup community, that kind of grit, that kind of determination, that kind of trying to figure it out and those who do, that gets pretty interesting. I certainly think so. And it's been fascinating the longer we do this to see the parallels. Uh, between you know what people are, are going through eventually we'll write a book or something but uh, on that on that subject as you've gone through Xpound what's been it's kind of a two two-sided question here what's what what have been the most useful things you've learned the, the most interesting resources the biggest takeaways all that number one is be patient with myself because I'm not a patient person by nature and there's times where it's actually better to wait there's times where it's better to hurry up, but sometimes it's better to wait and get advice and, and wait for that meeting with someone who can really help you out. Um, there's nothing more valuable than talking to people and listening, uh, which is so hard for so many of us because, you know, startups are made by a lot by extroverts who like, I know it all. And um, us know-it-alls have a hard time listening, but it's, it's nothing more important than listening. The, the thing I, th I think that's really interesting, and boy, this is going to get me in a little bit of trouble, but I'm going to say it anyhow, I'm going to share it anyhow, is when I look back at the last year and a half, the people I reached out to for advice. And it's been like a flow. Like every three months, it seems like I have a different group I'm relying on. And at first, it was like some semi-retired people who I knew. And then I got a little bit up the food chain of people who kind of played around in the startup community. And like right now I'm dealing with, you know, people who are giving me advice are people who really know what they're talking about. You know, it's like you move up the food chain slowly, both in your, your the site, your clientele, what you can do and who's willing to, to work with you and offer advice. 
And you just gotta like, just listen sometimes. Just listen sometimes. And be kind to yourself at times. You know, it's, it, there's times, uh, I'm married to a very driven person and um, there, we were, there was some site issue the other, about a month ago and Mary Jo says, I can't believe you're going to bed and not up like taking care of it. And I said, this is a marathon, not a sprint. I'm going to be doing this for several years. I'm going to sleep because I need some sleep. You, know? <laughs> you got to have a bit of self-care built into it. So I make sure I get about an hour's worth of exercise a day. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I, I have a daughter who's a prominent UX designer, uh, works for Twitter. And um, the other day I saw her, she's out in Boulder. She's going to kill me when I say this. Um, and I said, Emily, how many productive hours do you think you got a day? And she said, five, maybe four, between four and six on any given day, unless there's something like really pressing. And I go, yeah, that's about right. You know, I, I'm probably really sharp for like about four to five hours. And the rest of the time I'm bas either basically pretending I'm working or I'm doing what I would call executive stuff. Like, okay, I got these photos, I got to retouch. Or I got to post this article on Xbound's website, which is basically copy and paste and, you know, put in the links and whatever. That doesn't take a whole lot of horsepower, especially after you've done it a couple times. Um, but actually sharp, creative thinking, like, you know, the things that you build a company on, you got about four or five hours a day. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, honestly, that may even be... That may even be on the high end. I, I've heard arguments for three or four, too. Uh, honestly, I, I'm typically a late night guy, which makes it exciting because my wife is a, is a morning person. So we make but it work. Where do you get your ideas? Where are you when you have a good idea about how to move this business forward or what you should be doing? Honestly, I'm, I'm getting a little personal here. I normally don't talk about this, but I, I'm a pilot. I like to fly. Uh -huh. And so typically when I'm in the vehicle, in a vehicle, any vehicle, I, I like to say the faster I'm moving, the better I think. Hmm. So I, I love vehicles. I love, you know, movement, <laughs> everything from, that. from a bicycle all the way up to, you know, an airliner, whether in the front or the back. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's, I bicycle a lot and I get most of my really good ideas when I'm bike riding. Um, uh, the other is, uh, at the gym. It's hardly ever, almost never at my desk. And this is something I've always wondered about. I look at people, especially in the ad agency world, which is the world you know I've got probably the most experience with. And I think, how in the hell do people come up with ideas when they're sitting at their desk? I've never had one. I can execute at my desk, but I can't create at my desk. I got to be doing something else. I got to be out and about. I got to be in the middle of the night, you know, something like that. Right. And the work culture in the United States in particular has just zeroed in on this, you know, 40 hours is a minimum threshold and you're expected to go beyond that in corporate America. And I believe we're in the middle of a big moment where everybody's kind of collectively waking up and saying, no, this doesn't work and I won't stand for it anymore. And it's, it's an exciting time to yeah. be in this industry. It's a good time to be hiring as a, as a software consultancy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing, uh, this got to be about 10 years ago. I got a call from a student and she, I don't remember where she was from. And she said, I'm doing a survey for my photography class. And I have some, okay. And one of the questions she asked me was, how many hours a week do you work? And I said, 
I have no idea. What is work? Like, if I'm in the shower and I'm thinking about the studio and I'm thinking about some shoot, is that work? If I'm on my bicycle and I'm thinking about X-Bound and, and, oh, I should call this reporter or I should add this feature or, you know, reflecting on a conversation that I had with one of my mentors, is that work time? Absolutely. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. So, you know, I, I think that the boundaries uh, between work and play are, if you're involved in, it's one thing if you're moving boxes, you know, or if you're, 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 you're doing executive stuff, but if you're doing creative stuff and creative stuff has anything to do with how to grow this business, the boundaries are pretty fluid. And, and I think you need to be open to that. You know, Steve Jobs was famous for, uh, having meetings, a walk and talk. And I completely understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that's huge. That's huge. So we already know what your favorite podcast is. Reed Hoffman's Masters of Scale. Give us a kickback, Reed. Come on. And uh, <laughs> so what's, uh, do you have a favorite book? Do you have a favorite? Uh, well, I have another favorite podcast. Oh, another favorite podcast. Yeah. Give us, give us your recommendations. How do we become more like you? No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> but another favorite podcast is Mark Maron's WTF. Uh, he is a brilliant interviewer. He lately mainly actors, occasionally musicians. He started off doing comics and occasionally scientists. But he's just he just makes it such an enjoyable thing. It's a great listen. There's a, another podcast I listen to on occasion called the Marketing Book Podcast, which is the guy who once a week interviews an author of some recent book on sales and marketing. I find his podcast pretty interesting. Uh, and of course, Terry Gross's um, Fresh Air is always, uh, I don't listen to it religiously, but I do listen to it on occasion. Books. I don't know. I'm a very avid reader. Like right now, I'm reading like three books. I'm reading one on traction. I'm reading one on, on history of Russia between Gorbachev and Putin. You know, <laughs> um, About five years ago, I went through a period where I reread books that influenced me as a youth. Did you find that they still influenced you or was there a lot of what was I thinking? Some were like, you know, um, I, I like catch 22. I couldn't get through. Um, Conrad Richter's uh, trilogy about Ohio. I couldn't get through. Um, James Michener. I really enjoyed, even though he's still a lousy writer. He's a brilliant storyteller. And I reread like uh, Centennial because my daughter now lives where Centennial took place. It was kind of fun to and. Uh, Chesapeake, because when I read Chesapeake, I'd never seen the Chesapeake. And now I live, I live 10 miles from it. So it was kind of fun to, to reread those. Um, anyway, reading's good. Reading is very <laughs> good. I, good. There's our, there's our quote uh, for the, the marketing on this episode. Reading is good. Save Smith on reading. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> well, hey, Save, I would love to sit here and shoot the breeze with you all day. This is, this has been really good. So thank you for sharing your journey with us as you work on XBound. We look forward to tracking along with your progress and maybe we can catch up in a while to hear how it's going and see see how it's doing. In the meantime, uh, what's the best way for our listeners to find you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn at Zave Smith. You can uh, go on to XBound, uh, which is xbound.us. It's xbound.us. Couldn't get to .com. Um, and if you are a visual person and enjoy photography, go to zavesmith.com and I can see what I spent the last 30, 40 years uh, creating there. Yeah, and then there's also Exhilarate, which is my brand design company. Uh, if you're interested in branding or design, 
the team at Accelerate is uh, they're fantastic. You know, they really are. I can't say enough about how good the work is. So Exhilarate, Xbound, or Zaysmith.com, take your pick. Take your poison. <laughs> and Owen, I, I want to thank you for, for doing this. I think it's a great service to the startup community. Thanks again to Zay for coming on to the show, and we are very excited to catch up with him again in the future, see how Xbound is doing. And thank you to all of you, our listeners. We appreciate every single one of y'all. If you like the show, let us know by subscribing wherever you listen. You can also reach out on Twitter using hashtag FoundersForge, or you can DM me directly at GoodOD, that's G-O-O-D-E-O-D. If you're interested in being on the show, check out the show notes for all the relevant info. We're always looking for interesting people and companies to talk to. Big, small, weird, drop us a line. Let's chat. We'll see you next week.